Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Virtual Facebook Church this morning. The Greater Honors of Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ presents Blessings by Grace Radio. We are here this morning with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Oscar Moore. Today is the last Sunday in August. We've done so good. We are going into our ninth month, which will be the 6th of September, our ninth month. So, wow, nine months coming up on the fast for this year. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad they're in it. So we are grateful today that you could be with us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Podbean, and on the Law Talk Radio this morning. We've got four four social media platforms queued up today, so we're grateful for that. As Dr. Moore later on will break down the word of life for today's services, they will go as follows to the service so we give Dr. Moore enough time to teach and preach. So today's services, we will have our congregational Singers, they will sing here in our studio to get you guys pepped up, revved up for the Word of God. We don't need any pepping or any revving up, but it's always yeah. nice to have that song to be pepped up and revved up for the Word of God. Then we will have a minute praise and worship services. So if you have a testimony or a praise on your heart or a prayer request, please put it in the comment section on Facebook. We will have Dr. Moore pray for those. And if you have a praise report, please, please, please. Put it in the comments. If for some reason, though, that you put it in after we already passed that portion of the services for today, we always read him your comments. We read him your prayer requests later on so during the week he can still keep you lifted up in prayer. And then immediately following the minute praise and worship service, Rayla will be singing today, and right after her, we will have the spoken word of God today. Are you ladies ready? Congregational singers, God bless. Always ready. Always ready. Amen. Always ready. Who is it that we call on whenever we need some kind of help? Jesus. Jesus, right? Yes. That's what I need y'all to do. I need y'all to help me call on Jesus. Yes. I need y'all to help me. In the studio, help me. Let's get it. Let's get on it. We ready. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. 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 
these souls, there's so many souls out here that need Jesus, and some of them don't even know that they need Jesus. And we are here to tell them and remind them that the only reason why certain things are happening and we are allowed to get through them is because of Jesus, because of him. So we just keep this world and keep ourselves in prayer. Pray my spirit in the Lord. Amen. That was beautiful. Do you have any other prayer requests in the building?
continuing to bless that family. Lord, we also buried Bishop of the Lord on yesterday. The Bishop of the Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ. For many, many years, he has helped many souls come to Jesus. Go there and comfort them at this time. Only you know how to comfort them. You Only you know how to take them through. I ask you to bless Bishop Keith this morning and give him strength, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding how to continue on and carry the work of Jesus Christ on. Lord God, this is just a few of what we are saying, but there is many is in jeopardy of leaving here. I'm asking you to help us this morning. Save us. Save us, Lord. The priority in this life is not richness, but it is salvation. Save us this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus. You know how to send on a revival. You know how to turn mankind around. Touch in the name of Jesus. All over the world. Lord, we are your people all over. We may speak different languages, but we still your people. We may look different, but we still your people. Touch us this morning, and we're going to give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord, my God, and this coronavirus lifted up, lifted totally up, Jesus, that your people may assemble themselves back into a building, because we are the church, yes. to glorify your name. Yes. We're going to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore for the prayer. Now we're going to have a small testimony service. This morning I'm taking up the testimony service. I'm grateful for giving honor to Bishop, to God, to everybody here in our studio and all of you in Radio Land, Facebook, Instagram, and Podbean this morning, I'm grateful just to be alive on yet another day that God has made. I'm also extremely grateful this morning for a Sunday school lesson. Today we learned about humility and how God wants us to be humble. And I'm grateful for that lesson because a lot of times in life, we do things to have recognition and to have our name in the limelight. The Bible does talk about letting your light shine, but it doesn't mean to do something to get credit or acknowledgement. It means doing something that's of God's will for you to do and then allowing people to see your good works and your unmerited favor, but not boasting and bragging about it. So I was grateful for the lesson this morning because I got a chance to get some key insights about that because I've always been a type of person where I don't want credit, I don't want my name to be blessed, that I've done something. I just want to be a helping hand. If I can be, I'm grateful that God gives me the opportunity to be a helping hand. I do not want to have my name in the life. I just want to help if I can. So the Sunday school lesson really was a refresher for me, and I'm grateful that this morning we got a chance to learn. So as last week, um, Elder Harper, she posted the phone number. I'll see if she's on today, if she can post it again. You guys here watching, please take down the number. If you don't belong to our church, you are welcome to participate in Sunday school. We learn a lot in those lessons. They are amazing, so please, please, please write the number down. And tune in on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. We'd love to have you because we're learning so much. God said his people cares for lack of knowledge. Well, in Sunday school, we're getting a lot of more knowledge than what we couldn't have if we didn't have Sunday school. 
So I'm just so grateful for the lessons. I'm grateful for joining together to participate and learn in the lessons. Do we have any other testimonies in the studio? Amen. Just another day that the Lord has blessed me. Just another day that the Lord has blessed me. Just another day Because when I look at Zoom 
and I look at what the teachers are struggling with from all the kids not paying attention, every kid can see what another kid is not doing properly in the Zoom sessions. Kids are playing around, swiveling in chairs, texting. Every kid can see that. So please continue to pray for the teachers and continue to pray that no one hacks the Zoom because in my son's PE class, somebody spread the Zoom passcode, and there were kids in there cussing. They were not adults. They were kids in there calling people the N-word in the Zoom. They were doing all of that. They, they hacked into the Zoom, and kids were uncomfortable. So let us pray that while we are in distance learning across the world, that people won't hack in and make it uncomfortable, and that kids will see the benefit, and that they will want to learn this way Amen. to keep their health and wealth at the top most priority next to God. If we have no other testimonies in the studio or in the comment section, we will have Rayla come and sing her solo. After Rayla, you will hear Dr. Bishop Alkumar. God bless you, and thank you for our morning. Amen. 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 Oh, 
can't even imagine walking on that golden street in heaven. Just imagine. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We enjoy that beautiful and song come from my granddaughter this morning. Only imagine. Only imagine. If you can only imagine this morning how beautiful it's going to be. When we reach our destination to be with Jesus. Only, only imagine. If you really would imagine, amen, how it's going to be, I'm sure, amen, some of you are trying from your ways to follow Jesus. God bless you and ready to land. This is Dr. Moore coming to you this morning. Amen. Once again, we thank God for each one of you. Thank the Lord for you tuning in this morning, amen, is to hear another word that comes from the Lord this morning. We give Jesus all the praise and the honor this morning because without him, we can't do nothing. Our heart is a little heavy this morning, amen, because we're losing so many people, but God will must be done. Thank God for each one of you supporting, amen, this broadcast. Amen. Thank God for you helping me getting the word of God across to many people. I know, amen, if we can just get one to hear. The angels in heaven rejoice over one soul that repents. We're going into the word of God this morning. Master, amen, your prayers to be with us. Amen, and for us, let us not let us not forget, amen, COVID-19. Amen, it's still taking its toll out. Let us pray God to lift this thing up, up off of us, that we can get back to our normal not normal um, uh, atmosphere or normal work, but amen, get back to what we call or can be as normal. I'm going to call your attention this morning to the book of Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12 through 16. Also, amen, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. The writer, amen, in Philippians 3 and 12 through 16, Apostle Paul is encouraging, amen, these Philippians of his walk in Christ. It is not as though I have already obtained, either were already perfect. But I follow after is that I may apprehend that from which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brother, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward unto those things which are before me. 
I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if any be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereafter we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. First Corinthians 9 and 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run is all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for masters is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertain, as fight, I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest they by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a, a castaway. Second Timothy 4 and 6 says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that loveth the Lord and his appearance. God bless you for the reading of his word. Apostle Paul is telling us that we have to live a disciplined life. We as Christians, uh, we must learn to discipline ourselves as we travel this road of holiness. We can't walk any kind of way that we want to walk up this road of holiness. Oh, the Bible tells us there is a way that seems righteous unto man, but the end thereof is death. Paul is encouraging these Philippians. He said, but I keep under my body and I bring it unto subjection. I don't let my body get out of hand. I keep my body under subjection, and I present my body a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. Discipline is something that I have learned that we don't like to do any length of time and done. Paul says, I, I die daily. That means, amen, that he had to discipline his life daily. And not only Paul, but if we are going to be a mature disciple in Jesus Christ, we must discipline in our life. Paul is letting us know here that believers are in the race of a lifetime. When we accept Jesus and be filled with this precious Holy Ghost, we are involved in a race. And it's not for a short time, but it is ever how long God permits us to live on this earth. Thank God I have been in this gospel over 59 years, and I'm running this race. And I'm like, oh, I have to discipline my body every day. Uh, I have to let this body know that it's not in control of me, but I'm in control of it. Paul went on down to say that forgetting what is behind you. You know, many times in life, as Christians, we want to remember the thing that we have done. And we want to boast on what we used to do. But according to Paul, in this gospel, he was saying, you got to forget those things that are behind you. You can't live in the past uh, on your salvation, you've got to live in the present. Many of us today are still trying to live on how we used to serve the Lord, how we used to pray, and how we used to have church. All that was good at that time, but it is a future thing that we must look forward to. Forget no thing behind you. You got to quit looking back in life. Remember the things that you used to do. And Paul said you got to press on. If we could forget those things that we used to do and press on, I believe we all could be better Christians. We could be strong on Christians if we didn't look back. 
I believe Lot wife was told when she was coming out of Sodom not to look back. But she couldn't help from looking back and remembering the things that she used to do in Sodom. Uh, but it was told if you look back, she was going to turn into a pillow of salt. You see, when we look back, we're losing out on the future and looking back into the past. The past cannot help us to go forward. I know many of us have been hurt in a bruise, but we still have got to look forward. Paul was letting us know that as being men and women of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says that Western Churchill, who was the prime minister of England during World War II, and he had been proclaimed the speaker of the 20th century. However, his speaking ability did not come naturally. Huge comment. Churchill wrote everything out and practiced it. In order is to come to be consistent in life, everything don't come in perfection overnight. As Churchill he wrote everything out, and he practiced what he was going to say. This does he, he practiced endless in front of a mirror, trying to see his image and how he was going to speak. But it took time with Churchill is saying is to rehearse the thing that he was going to do. And I want to say that in our Christian experience, I know it takes time for us to grow in Jesus Christ. When Paul made the statement, that he was going to press for high height. Paul was not an ordinary Christian like some of us here today. Paul was devoted totally to the word of God. And he was not concerned about the things of this world or having much materialistic things. His whole heart and mind was on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we see that forgetting those things which are behind us and reaching unto those things which are before us, 
all that I press, all the marks for the prize of a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm saying to you this morning, in your struggle of life, you must press on. And I know that life is unexpected sometimes, but you got to make up in your mind to press on anyhow and forget those things that are behind you. Once mankind's greatest challenge is the ability and willingness to forget the pleasure of sin that is left behind it at an altar of repentance. You know, we don't want to forget uh, those things that we used to do. But when we give our soul to Jesus, come to the altar and repent, you got to forget those things. That's why the Bible tells us we have to come to be godly sorrow. We've got to come with a broken heart and a contrived spirit. You've got to break up the traffic ground that is in your life. You've got to let go of the world. When you tell Jesus, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to give my whole life to you. The old flesh don't want to come under subjection. Throughout the 40-year journey in the wilderness, the Israelites continue to look over their shoulders. And, you know, it reminds me today, as Christians, are you continuing to look over your shoulder and look back into the world in which you came out of and desire to go back into the world? This is what the Israelites did. It was in the wilderness and they continued to look over their shoulder, regretting what they had left behind. Many times in our Christian life, when we are not rooted and grounded in Jesus, we look back into the world and we regret what we left behind. But if any man put his hand to the gospel plow and look back, the Bible says he's not fitting for the kingdom of heaven. You got to continue to have perseverance. You got to press on regardless of what you're facing, of what you, how difficult it is in life. In Egypt, 
They thought about their flesh. They thought about their belly being full. They said we had in Egypt, we had millions. And we had onions and garlic. They said, but now our soul is dried away. They were in the wilderness. And there is a wilderness in all of our lives. There is a dry spot in all of our lives. But you can't look back. God was so good unto them that he rained manna down from heaven and he fed them every day. But they weren't satisfied with the manna that fell down from heaven. They still were mumbling and grumbling and complaining. God had delivered them out from under bondage. But they weren't satisfied for being from under bondage. They still were complaining to Moses. How quickly they forgot the sting of a whoop. When they were in Egypt, they were getting whooped by the taskmaster. The hour of toiling and the threat of death. But soon as they got out from under that kind of discipline, they began to mumble and grumble. Their discontentment eclipsed their appreciation for deliverance. The miracles on Mount Sinai soon became rules and regulations and tables of stone to be carried about in a box. The pillars of cloud and the pillars of fire became as common as the sun and as the moon. Look at the miraculous hand of God moving upon them. But they don't look back, and that didn't mean too much to them. You know how good and, and how gracious God is to us today? But we don't sometimes count that very valuable. Their daily provision of manna from heaven became tasteless. That manna that fell down was not tasteless to them. And I think about the bread that came down from heaven. Jesus said, if any man eat of this bread, have a hunger. I think about the bread that comes down from heaven was none other than Jesus Christ himself because he said, I am the bread of life. But to many that is confessing Jesus, he tasteless. It might have been exciting when you first was introduced to him 
but since you don't eat of him and you don't taste him, he is not what you thought he was going to be to you, and he's tasteless. This is how the children of Israel was. And they began to beg for flesh. We don't want no more manna. And I can hear him saying today in the spirit, we don't want no more of the word of God. They wanted flesh. They wanted something to please this old body. Our flesh is really an enemy to The Apostle Paul, he knew that Christians must forget what they had left behind, or it would eventually strike them down. If you don't forget the, the thing that is behind you, it's going to eventually bring you down. You won't be able to see spiritually visions. You won't be able to keep your prayer life up. You won't be able to fast and pray like you did when you first come to Jesus. If you keep looking backwards, if you keep listening at the people that is mumbling and grumbling, you won't be able to press for the mark of a higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He knew every day would not be a day of Pentecost with thousands being converted, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul recognized this. He knew the time would come that 3,000 people wouldn't join the church in one day. He knew the time was coming that you could barely get people to really confess to you. But he didn't let that deter him or, or disencourage him. Paul had made up in his mind that ever what the price was, I'm going to walk with Jesus. You know what? I have to pay. I'm going to have to walk with Jesus. Paul, as he knew this, he knew the potential of becoming complacent with the blessing of God. Sooner or later, the eyes of a Christian looking over the shoulder were fixed on the pleasure of the past, and they would entice him. Many Christians are started out in this race, but the world looked better to them than salvation. And they then turn away from salvation and went back into the world. 
They wanted to be among what they call the lavish things of the life. But remember, my beloved brothers and sisters, all of those things is temporary. Only eternal life is going to be able to stand. In describing the number of the hall of faith, the writing in Hebrew states that each one of these great men and women of God, they were subject to the same temptation to turn back. But you see, those that have dedicated their lives to Jesus, they got their eyes on a goal. And there is just no turning back to them. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they may have an opportunity to have returned. But Paul saying, I'm reaching for the gold. It has been said that if an individual has, has no gold, he isn't certain to reach it. Every believer ought to have a goal in life. Paul had a goal, and he pressed toward it faithfully. You and I ought to have a goal that we are reaching for. And no matter what life offers, it ought not let us be deterred from this goal. And this goal is eternal life. I'm like Apostle Paul. I'm reaching for this goal. Yes, it caused my flesh to be denied every day. It caused me to crucify and deny this old flesh. But I'm reaching for the goal of eternal life. When life itself is over with. And uh, there is nothing else to look forward to. Uh, we have a goal. And I, I like to say, as Paul said, not only did Paul discipline himself not to look back, but he fixed his eyes on the future. My eyes is on the future. My eyes is on heaven. No matter what this world offer me, I got my eyes fixed on heaven. And I'm not intend to let nothing destroy the goal that I'm reaching for. Paul had a goal 
Their goal was to win the prize of eternal life with Jesus. Who don't want to win that kind of prize? To live with Jesus forever and ever. Paul did not consider every morning prayer a late night preaching to be a great sacrifice. Because he was trying to reach his goal. He was trying to reach the streets of gold. He quickly would forget the pain of imprisonment. Paul didn't think about him being whooped and didn't think about him being in prison with silence of suffering with the saints at Rome. Paul had a goal in his mind. And he wasn't going to let even death separate him from his goal. He said, yet doubtly, and I count all things but law. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and didn't count them but done, that I might win Christ. Paul could have been some educated man and taught all kinds of philosophy. But he said that I count all things lost and done just to gain the excellency knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm not worried about the things of the world, but I want to know who Jesus is. And Paul referred himself to the athlete that endured many hours of stress. He knew that the athlete, they train in uh, to win a race. They had to go through something. Everybody can't be an athlete. You got to train hard and you got to not only build your physically muscle up, you got to train your mind. Uh, but Paul said that this Christian race that we run in well, that's a race that the athletes run. You got to put in many hours. And over time, in order to run this race. If it was not for the goal of receiving the crown, the race in the game would probably never would be a half occurred. 
But you see, the world is running a race for a corruptible crown. You see them young men and young women get out there and sometimes some clap on the field. And some of them run and train for hours just to win a corruptible crown. But Paul, on the other hand, said, I'm running a race, but I'm not running a race to win a corruptible crown. But I'm running a race to win an incorruptible crown. Yes, preach. So uh, we got to be like Paul. We got to reach for the crown that Jesus can give us. Paul says there is a crown is laid up in glory. Not only for me, but for all of those that love the Lord. And uh, I'm wondering, do you really love the Lord this morning? Uh, For where your treasure is, there is your heart. You see, uh, if your treasure is here on earth, there is where your heart is. But uh, your treasure ought to be where Jesus is. Paul began to say that nevertheless, whereto we have already obtained. He said, let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Philippians 3 and 16. Paul spoke of attention and maintaining. He said, it is one thing to reach a certain level. Yes. But it is still another thing to maintain that level. All right, see, Bishop. See, uh, many people who started out in this race, but uh, somewhere down the line, they done got tired of the word of God. I'm not. Down the line, uh, the gospel didn't mean to them as much as they thought it was. All right. So uh, they began is to lose uh, their value in reaching their goal. Yes. Before, say, uh, when uh, an engineer first developed the first jet, uh, a pilot could ascend to a great height very quickly. Yes. But he couldn't maintain that height only momentarily. It took many years of ingenuity to develop an engine that could raise quickly to that elevation. All right. Uh, Miles around the earth, 
maintains that elevation. Yes, yes. See, you can start out and seem like you're on your way, but everybody can maintain that elevation. Yes. It takes prayer and it takes study for you to maintain yes. that elevation. Yes. Paul spoke of, of a place where to we have already attained. Uh-huh. A person often maintained to the level of his initiative of repenting quick. Uh-huh. People will repent, repent very quickly if they knew that they did something wrong. Uh-huh. But uh, many uh, repent when they are caught in the act of sin. All right, all right. Uh, they will begin to feel guilty of their sin. Yes. But uh, do they maintain their standards? Come on now, make it clear. Uh, do they say that uh, I'm not going to sin no more? Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul was one of those kind uh, that made up in his mind uh, that I'm not going to serve sin, but I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. In Peter's conclusion, Uh on the mark of the day of Pentecost, I heard him say, therefore, let the house of Israel know a showing that God has made this same Jesus who you have crucified. He's made in both Lord and Christ. Yes. Not only has God made in both Lord and Christ, but he also must become Lord and Christ of our lives. Oh, yes. Do you know him in name? Or have you put Jesus on uh, is he really your Lord yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and really your Christ today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard Jesus say, uh, uh, if you love me, uh, you'll keep my right. commandments. That's right. uh, my commandments, uh, they are not grievous of them. Uh, they are not hard to keep of them. Uh, but if you love me, uh, you will obey me. I'm running this race. And I get tired sometimes. But I got to run on anyhow. I get weary sometimes. But I'm a run on anyhow. Oh, Lord. Can you see yourself? Running a race of salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't think um, it was going to take 20 years. You didn't think um, it was going to take 30 years. Yeah, yeah. 40 or 50. But you're still running a race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm as a good soldier. Yes, yes. Oh, Lord, 
in your name. Lord, get my cast out devils in your name. And I've heard Jesus say, you depart from me. I know you're not, because you work well in iniquity. Oh, Lord, yes. hold on to Jesus oh, and press Say that.
Radio, we appreciate you for listening. We'll be back Wednesday. Stay tuned in for prayer and Bible study. God bless. Bye bye.